everybody doing? Man, for those who have no clue who I am, I'm not Pastor Steven Chandler. He is so much taller than I am, so it's not me. My name is Pastor Brian Bullock, and I'm the lead pastor of Union Church Charlotte. Come on. Listen, can you guys do me a favor? I'm going to have you keep standing just for a little bit. We're going to do a lot of clapping and a lot of cheering. But real quick, can you help me welcome in our Columbia campus? And can you help me welcome in UBC? Where y'all at? Let's go. Can you help me welcome in Flowers? Where y'all at? So today we did a pastor swap. So Pastor Stephen hopped on a plane last night, flew so that he can preach in Charlotte. And uh, I got on a plane, came here so I could preach here in Maryland. Tell somebody, I love this church. I love, this is my church, man. This is, we just all over the place. You know what I'm saying? For those who I don't know my story or don't know who I am, but I used to be the campus pastor here at our BWI. You know, I'm not going to take it personally that y'all blew up after I left. I'm just saying it just, I don't know why when I was here, you know what I mean? But as soon as I left, we started growing, Chris. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, but it's all good. I didn't take it personally. Uh, but January 29th, we launched Union Church Charlotte. And y'all, I got, I, got, I, got, I got some numbers for y'all. Y'all ready for this? Since our launch, just about maybe 10 weeks ago, in the last 10 weeks, we have seen 662 salvations. 662 salvations. 662 salvations. We have right now over 300 people on our dream team. We've seen 337 people attend at least one growth track. We launched 71 groups already within 10 weeks. And here's what's crazy. Right now, we're in a high school, and the high school that we're in, we're doing two services in that high school, and I mean, we've got people sitting on stairs, we've got people in the lobby, we've got people in overflow, and uh, we just decided, man, we want to create more room and create more space, because how many people know here at Union, we always make room for one more? Come on, one more, one more, tell somebody one more, one more, one more. So literally, the high school that we're in, we've, we've already maxed out the space of this high school so next Sunday Easter Sunday if you're anywhere in the Charlotte area we're moving to a bigger high school next Sunday just to make space this move is going to allow us to add 500 more spaces and seats for people to be able to know God find freedom discover their purpose and make a difference please hear me None of this would be possible. None of this would be possible without your prayers, without your giving, without your DMs and support and sharing stuff and texting family members and texting friends. Y'all, we're not there just building a church. We're there to change lives and to unite people with purpose. So on behalf of my wife and I, thank you so much for all that you have done to contribute to a move of God in Charlotte. 
All right, before you sit down, I just have to honor, I gotta honor our pastor, our senior pastor. None of this would be possible, not only without your prayers, but without the vision that God has given to Pastor Stephen and Pastor Zai. And uh, I have grown tremendously as a result of his leadership, of his wisdom. Uh, I get on the phone with him every time something go wrong. I'm like, P.S. And he tells me, calm down, it's gonna be okay. Don't worry about it, I've seen it before. But can you guys do me a favor? Can you help me honor our senior pastor, Pastor Stephen Chandler, Pastor Sai? We honor you and are so grateful for you. All right, tell somebody you can sit down now. You can sit down now. You can sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. If you have a Bible, go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 21. I'm going to begin at verse number 6 through 11. Matthew 21, UBC. Flowers, Columbia, let's go. Let's get right into it. Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to begin at verse number 6 through 11. If you got your Bible, say, I got it. If you're here for the first time, maybe you forgot your Bible, don't worry, we got you. We got the scriptures right there on the screen. And I'm going to read from the NIV translation, uh, the NIV version. And it says, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd, a very large crowd, don't forget I said that. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. I love that. Another translation says the whole city was in an uproar. And they said, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. The title of my message is Get Your Hopes Up. Get Your Hopes Up. Do me a favor. I need you to point at everybody in your row. Just tell them, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. I need you to point. Come on. Come on, flowers. I need you to point at everybody. Columbia, come on. Just point at everybody in your row. Say, get your hopes up. Uh, Father, open up our eyes and our ears that we may experience a life-transforming word from you that would change our lives forevermore. Hide me behind your cross. Let your voice be louder than mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say. Amen. Everybody say. Amen. Amen. Get your hopes up. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just make a confession. These are my confessions. Watch this. Watch this. There is a group of people. There are a group of people. I know I'm not supposed to say this as a pastor, but I'm just going to put it out there. There are a group of people that I do not like. This is not a good way to start a sermon. It's not a good way to start on a Sunday like this, but I'm just going to put my business out in the street. There's a group of people that I do not like. I don't mess with them. I don't really rock with them that well. And uh, the group of people that I don't really mess with that much are people who I call discouragers. A.K.A. joy killers. Have you ever been around a person who just as soon as they see some joy, they feel like it's their assignment to just, just knock it out real quick, just to block it out. As soon as they see something good, they just feel like they need to add what my mama called two cents. I don't know why it was two cents, not three, four, five, but they got to add two cents. 
These are people that as soon as they see something good, they say stuff to you like, like, like I wouldn't do that if I was you. Thank you. You are not me. Exactly. That's why you're not doing it. These are people who always want to tell you about the time. And I, it's not a good time to buy a house. It's not a good time to have a wedding. Not a good time to plan a church. Not a good time. Just not a good time. These are people, for whatever reason, they don't know nothing else, but they know the prices of everything. You know the price of gas is up. You know the price of eggs is crazy right now. You know the price of milk just keep going higher. It's like, how you know all the prices? You just go in the store looking for the high prices? And then these are the people that like to say stuff like, don't get your hopes up. Whatever you do, don't get too excited. Don't get your hopes up. And for years of my life, I listened to people like this. And so I grew up with this kind of feeling of, let me never get too excited. Don't ever let your hopes get too high, because you never know what might happen. But this morning, the Lord told me to burst that bubble in your life and in this church. I came to preach a word to everybody. Get your hopes up. This is a season for you to declare in your heart, my hopes are going to another level. That's right. My hope is high. Matter of fact, let me just do this right here real quick. If you got breath in your body, get your hopes up. You woke up this morning, get your hopes up. You got a couple dollars in the bank, get your hopes up. You know Jesus is alive, get your hopes up. You came to church this morning, get your hopes up. I feel my grandfather said he put food on my table. That's right, clothes on my back. Put me in my right mind. If you got a right mind, I don't know why they, who came up with that thought, but if you got a right mind, get your hopes up. This is a season to get your hopes up high. Do me a favor, shake your neighbor, grab a neighbor, just, just shake them, just keep shaking them. And you guys say, neighbor, why are you shaking me? Say, I'm going to shake you till you get your hopes up. I'm going to shake that depression off your life. I'm going to shake all that mess you've been thinking about all morning. You've been all stuffy. I didn't want to tell you, but you've been stuffy since you've been in here. But I came to shake your hopes up this morning and say, God is alive. He's still moving. He's still doing stuff in your life. Can I shake you and rock you until you recognize that God is good? He his love and his mercy endures forever. Get your hopes up. You, you, you gotta get your hopes up. Now, now let me, because I don't want you to shout for, for, uh, for, for no reason. I don't, I don't want you to shout for the wrong thing. So, so let me break this down. When I talk about hope, I'm talking about biblical hope. Biblical hope. So I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about karma. I'm not talking about manifesting. I'm not talking about good vibes, good vibes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about hope. Biblical hope. What is biblical hope? Biblical hope says this. Because I have a relationship with God, I have a confident expectation that something good is coming my way. Biblical hope is because of my relationship with God. 
I have a confident expectation that something good is coming my way in my future. I want to, I want to, I want to just highlight a word I just said, and the word is confident expectation. Because when we say hope, we our, our definition of hope isn't really biblical. We say stuff like, I hope I get that job. I, I hope this thing works out. And usually when we say that, it's filled with doubt and uncertainty and I'm not sure. And That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is not wishful desire. Biblical hope is confident expectation. So when we say hope, it's not I hope I get that job. It says no, I expect that that job is coming my way because I'm in hope. I expect that door to open. I expect something good to come my way. I expect to come out of this storm. I expect this marriage to work out. I expect, why? Because I'm in hope. I'm not kind of wishing. I'm not kind of desiring. No, I have a confident expectation that because of my walk with God, because of my relationship with the Lord, something good's gonna happen for me. And it's important that you understand that because you need that hope if you're going to live the way God wants you to live. Well, pastor, this message sounds so good. Like, who wouldn't want this? Like, why are we even talking about this? Why is this even a thing? Because this kind of hope is actually very difficult. Especially if you've experienced a life of disappointment. Most of us can't live in hope because disappointment took its seat years ago. And you got disappointment in hope's seat. Matter of fact, I shouldn't say this, but I am because it's true. And if you don't agree, then it's fine. But disappointment is actually way more comfortable than hope. Hope is scary. Okay, okay, okay. If, if you've had many miscarriages, it is way more comfortable to just say, you know what? I'd rather just stay disappointed. Because to have hope and getting pregnant again is scary. Too much for me, Pastor. Too much. If you haven't been on a date in 3.5 years, It's way easier to just say, no, I'm going to just live in disappointment. I'm going to stay right here because to put my hope and going on a date is scary. It makes me vulnerable. And I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to live that way. Many people have decided that I'm just going to hang out in disappointment. But, 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 but there's a problem with that, because if you are a believer, you cannot stay in disappointment. And when I say cannot, I don't mean cannot like you won't. I mean cannot like, like you're not capable of it. If Jesus is in you, you actually have a, it's almost impossible. If you really got God 
If you really got Jesus, it's almost impossible to stay in disappointment. Pastor, back that up with some scripture. I'm so glad you said that. I'm about to introduce you to a scripture that has got me through so many storms. I'm about to introduce many of you. Some of y'all read the scripture before. Some of y'all, this going to be the first time you've ever heard this scripture. There is a phrase in this scripture that I want you to write down. There's a phrase in this scripture that I want you to own because I've owned it and it has helped my life. It is Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12 it says return to your stronghold O prisoners of hope today I declare that I will restore you double what does the Bible call you the Bible calls you a prisoner of hope which means disappointment may try to hijack your destiny and your future, but it can't. Why? Because hope has arrested you already. You are a prisoner of hope. You'll be trying your best to say, I'm not going to hope today. I'm done with hope. And you cannot. Why? Because you are a prisoner of hope. You'll be trying to stay disappointed. You'll be trying to stay mad at God. You'll be trying to stay mad at life. But hope keeps tapping you on the shoulder. Hope keeps saying, what are you doing? Get your behind back over here. Don't you know I arrested you? Hope will put a warrant out for your arrest it will tell you you better show up to this court day because when you get to this court day I'm about to restore double in your life that's right matter of fact God says I'm gonna up what I said God said I'm gonna give you double for your trouble you got a scripture right there that says you are a prisoner of hope you couldn't get away even if you tried hope is all over you hope is all around you you stuck. You in prison. God got you. And hope is all around you. This is why I read Matthew 21. Matthew 21. I've preached this so many times. And, and we know it's that Lord's triumphal entry. That he is heading into Jerusalem. That he is riding on a donkey to fulfill prophecy. And as he's riding in on a donkey, we know that Israel is cheering and they're screaming Hosanna and they're shouting and they're rejoicing because we know that they are saying in this moment, this is our Messiah. Now, typically when I hear this preach and typically when I have preached this, I have crucified these people. I have, I have. Because we all say, look, the same people, I'm a preacher, so the same people that cheer you one day are going to say crucify him the next. And so I had this whole sermon ready to go to get on people who call him Lord one day and then you say you don't know he's a criminal the next. Holy Spirit stopped me and said, son, I want you to see something. I know that they didn't end well, but in this moment, they're prisoners of hope. In this moment, they really believe that this is the Messiah. And even though their belief, because they're believing that, that their Messiah is going to be a political savior, that he's going to overthrow the Roman rule and Roman government, even though they had it wrong, the Lord said in their heart was that we got some hope. Somebody's coming to save us. Somebody's finally coming to fix this. Somebody's finally coming to fulfill the word. And it hits me with my first point. Here's my first point. Everybody needs some hope. 
Everybody needs some hope. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. Everybody needs some hope. Tall people need hope. Short people need hope. (laughs) Give me the toughest person you think you've ever met in your life. Tough. Don't ever smile. Don't ever say anything good. They just look angry. I promise you, they need some hope. Not just want hope. You need some hope. Everybody needs a promise from God you are looking forward to. Everybody needs something to be excited about. Everybody needs some, just something that just gives me life. Something that I can sink my teeth in. Something that I'm expecting. I, 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 we have these prayer journals out there in the lobby. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but, but you, if you need one, grab one today. Inside of the prayer, the t- prayer 21, it's a, the prayer book. Inside, it has this, this thing where you can track your prayers. It, it says, say a prayer, and then it says, write the date that you prayed it. And then it has this blank part where it says, just write down the date that it gets answered. I keep that that prayer. I, I keep stuff needing to be answered in my life. You need a list of stuff that you're waiting for God to do. You need it. You need it. Can I tell you something? Charlotte is not necessarily an accident. I promise you if I showed you my Pray 21 books when I was a campus pastor here sitting on this side right there, I would write in the book and I, I would say, God, we, this is the amount of people I want to see. This is the amount of money we need to raise. This is the amount of leaders. I, and God gave me double what I put. He gave you double. Zechariah 9, 12, he gave me double. Why? Because you need something to look forward to. You need something to get excited about. Because if you live too long without hope, you become callous. You become cold. You become irritable. Some of the irritable people in your life, and the purpose, if you are irritable, like, like you, just, you just have a, a, a low tolerance for everything, just everything throw you off. Sometimes it's because you don't have nothing to hope in. And when you live too long without hope, it can mess with you. It can make you just not pleasant to be around. It can just make you a person that's difficult to deal with. Why? Because you need some hope. There is something called the Sunday blues. Sunday blues is that most people have anxiety attacks on Sunday night. Most people, they have depressive like attacks. On Sunday night. Why? Because on Sunday night, you start looking at your week, and if you don't see no hope, your hair will fall out. Am I touching the head right now? Just if you don't see no hope, it'll mess you up. If you don't see no hope, so you need hope. Okay, Pastor, I got a question. Oh, I love questions. Ask me. I got you. Pastor, what if you've been believing God for something? And hoping in something for a long time. And it hasn't happened yet. What do you do when you've been hoping for years? What do you do when you've been putting your hope in God? You've been hoping for something and it hasn't arrived. You're not going to like my answer, but it's true anyway. 
you keep on hoping. Let me show you Romans 4 verse 18. Romans 4 verse 18, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Even if there's no reason for you to hope, keep hoping. I, I grew up, my dad was not in the home, my dad wasn't in my life, and so my dad was struggling with addiction, but every time he'd come around, my dad had a tendency to make promises, and he would say to me, he'd say, son, uh, I'm going to pick you up from school today, and I said, dad, for real, you coming to pick me up from school? Yeah, I'm going to pick you up from school, and I would be sitting outside school, and my dad would never show up. I see my dad, he come around again. He say, son, I'm going to pick you up from school. Son, I got you. I say, dad, are you going to pick me up for real? Son, I would, I'm, yes, I got everything set up for you. And I would be the only kid sitting outside waiting for my dad to come pick me up. And what it did was it created something in my heart. Don't ever trust what somebody say to you. And so now I'm growing up with this lack of trust in people who say they're going to do something. So now I don't expect anybody to follow through with what they said. But I had to deal with that. And I had to get on that. And the Lord said something to me. The Lord was showing me that was a, see, the enemy was behind that. He was trying to plant a seed in me at a young age. Not for when I was a young age, but for Charlotte. So that when Pastor Stephen says to me, hey man, we're going to help you. We're going to plant you. The goal was for me to be like, yeah, right. That ain't going to happen. Don't nobody. Yeah, sure, sure. But because I refused to accept what the enemy was trying to do in my life and I got healed from that thing. When Pastor Stephen said, let's go to Charlotte, I said, I don't care. I got hope. Let's go on to Charlotte and let's do this thing. What you don't know is that the enemy has a plot. He got a strategy to keep you out of hope so that when your purpose arrives and when destiny show up, you got so much mistrust that you can't even say yes to something God's trying to give you. God could be trying to give you something, but the enemy messed you up so bad through a person that now I distrust everyone because the enemy knows that God's going to use another person to introduce you to the thing that you're supposed to be doing with your life and you won't trust them because you live in disappointment. You got to keep on hoping. You got to fight hope. You got to get disappointment off you. you I, I made a commitment to God. I'd rather die in hope than live in disappointment. I'd rather die believing it was going to happen and it didn't than live the rest of my life in doubt and in mistrust. The results don't even matter to me no more. What matters to me is that I'm in hope. I don't even care, God, if you do it, if you don't, it's not even my worry no more. My worry is, am I living in hope? Am I expecting you to do something in my life? That's how I'm going to live. And I'll have hope in a one-bedroom. I'll have hope in a high school. I'll have hope in a permanent space. I'll have hope. It don't make a difference. I got hope. Get you some hope. Watch what it'll do to your life. 
And the scripture, the scripture says that they're screaming and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna forever, we worship you. Hosanna forever, we worship you. Hosanna. What you say? Come on. Alright, stop, stop. Stop and show to start running. Show to just start. He just takes off in the front row. Here's my second point. Hope has a sound. And hope-filled people can't keep quiet. Hear me. Hope has a sound. And hope-filled people can't keep quiet. <laughs> hope has a sound. What does it sound like? Sound like hallelujah. Sounds like thank you, Jesus. Sounds like Lord, you're worthy. Sounds like that thing's gonna work out. Everything's gonna be all right. You gonna get through it. You might talk disappointed for two seconds, and you, you, you no, 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 it's gonna be good. It's gonna work out. All things work together. Hallelujah! Praise Him. Some of you come to church and you say, "I'm not gonna worship. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting out. Of, I'm not getting out of pocket. I'm just gonna have a nice, regular worship experience. I'm gonna do, you know, just hit half halfway up. I'm just. You just made a determination. I look good. My hair's done. I'm not about to cry out this makeup. I'm just gonna have a good moment. And what happens is you get in the atmosphere like this, and you just be minding your business. You just be just chilling out. You just be hanging out, and you made it past the first song. But all of a sudden, host started get in your heart and then the second song started waking up something on the inside of you and then here come the transition and the campus pastor come up and he said something that had me moving and all of a sudden we got to that third song and all of a sudden hope got to get out it's got to be released because a hope filled person can't just sit there and be quiet and before you know it you got your hands in the air good God before you know it you've opened up your mouth and say God I give you praise This is, this is, this is, you are a person that's got to have some hope. Say, hope. My son, my son. Can I talk about my son for a second? I, I, I made the mistake of saying something to my son that changed his life. And I didn't know that it would change his life. One year, I took my son Christmas shopping with me to go get a present for his mom, for my wife. And so as we're going around getting Christmas presents, I said something to my son that I didn't know the impact it was going to have when I said it. After I bought all the presents, I looked at him and I said, son, now hear me, whatever you do, do not tell mommy what we got. His eyes opened up. He said, Really? I said, yes, son. I'm just chilling. Yes, son, whatever you do, do not tell mommy. His hands started shaking. <laughs> Knees started going. <sighs> I saw my son sweat for the first time. He was jittery in the car, and I couldn't understand. What is wrong with this boy? What is happening? He's... <sighs> we got to the house. When he got off the car, he started skipping into the house. started dancing in front of my wife. Oh, mommy. Guess what? 
And I'm like, no, he's not going to do that. He's not going to. I said, what's wrong with this boy? He's like, what's wrong with you? He said, mm, I'm not going to tell you. But we got your perfume. We got your sneaker. We got your jeans. We got your We got your... I never want to choke my son so bad in my life. What happened? What happened was something got on the inside of him that he just couldn't keep to himself. And I came to declare that you don't know that the spirit man on the inside of you is saying, I got some good news. I can't wait to let you know. I can't wait to tell you something's on the way. Because late in the midnight hour, yep, God's going to turn this thing around and this thing saying it's about to work in your favor. It's about to work for you. Because hope got a sound, and that sound has to be released. This is why the old saints, they used to say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, what it say? My soul cries out. I didn't even want to cry out, but my soul man said, you got to say something right now. You got to open up your mouth. You got to release that thing. Look at somebody say, get your hopes up. Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 it says speak to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord the scripture is like when y'all talk to you talk with hope in your language talk with hope in your mouth oh God Whew. Somebody said, but pastor, we got to be realistic. Let's just be realistic. My mama told me, be realistic. Can I tell you something? Hope is not realistic. Feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish is not realistic. Taking some nasty, dirty water that people have been cleaning their hands and their feet in, putting it in a dirty jar and turning that thing into wine is not realistic. Opening up a Red Sea is not realistic. Walking on water is not realistic. Fear, can I tell you something? Hope is not realistic. But you know what else is not realistic? Fear is not realistic. Suicide is not realistic. Depression is not realistic. Anxiety is not realistic. How come the only time you want to be realistic is when we talk about something that involves God? But when it comes to everything else, you don't care about it being realistic. Hope is not realistic. We are not talking about being realistic. We're talking about believing for something that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men. I'm not trying to be realistic. I'm trying to be in hope. All right, here's my last point. Here's my last point. You got to think about this. The scripture says that there was a large crowd following. A crowd so large that it says they had a crowd in the front and a crowd that was in the back. Here's my third point. True authentic hope stirs the hearts of people. Union, you want to stir the hearts of people? Show them what hope looks like. 
You want to stir up? You want to have uproar in a city? Show them some hope. Show them what real hope looks like. I want to tell you about this woman at our church. I meet her in the lobby. And when I seen her in the lobby, I introduced myself. I said, hey, my name is Brian, Pastor Brian PB, however you roll. And uh, how you doing? She said, I'm doing well. I'm so glad to meet you. I said, now, what brought you to union today? She said, Pastor, strangest thing that's ever happened in my life brought me to union. I said, okay. She said, I have swore off churches. I said, I'm not doing churches no more. I'm not interested in doing no church. I'll never do a church. Not doing churches. She said, one day I get a mailer. Says, Union Church. She said, I didn't think nothing of it. I tossed the mailer to the side and kept on moving. I said, I'm not doing church. She said, she's on Facebook. Saw a Facebook ad. I came on. Saying, hey, Pastor Brian. She said, I swiped, swiped, didn't even think nothing of it. She said, I'm driving down the street. I see your billboard off the highway. And she said, what is going on right now? And she said, what happened one day? I went to work. And when I got to work, somebody on my job said, hey, girl, you got to come with me. I'm going to Union Church. And she said, I ran back home. I grabbed that mirror and I said, God, are you trying to talk? Are you speaking to me? And today she serves on our dream team today. She's going through growth track. Listen to me. That was not a mailer in the mail. That was hope. That wasn't a billboard. That was hope on the highway. That wasn't a Facebook ad. That was hope on social media. That was hope. In Union, we have an opportunity. Next week is Easter. And we have an opportunity to get some real people, some real hope. We are not asking you to invite because we just want to be big. Can I tell you the truth? Being big is complicated. Trying to see people is hard. You don't know how hard it is. But what we've discovered is that, God, we will always make room for one more. And if we got to see them on the roof, we'll see them on the roof because people need hope. We got to put people on stage. We'll put them on the stage. Whatever we have to do, because we're not going to leave nobody behind. And next week for Easter, not only did you, do you get to receive hope, but you get to give it to somebody. Because true, authentic hope stirs up a city. Can you do me a favor? Can you bow your heads? and Can you close your eyes? I, I, if you're in this room, and you're saying, Pastor, as you've been talking, I recognize that I need true hope. Man, I've had hope in all kinds of stuff, but I'm ready today to make a commitment to the Lord. Maybe you don't know God for yourself. Maybe today you are saying, today is the day I'm not leaving this room without saying, Lord, my hope is going to be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness, that, that I'm going to make you my Lord and my Savior. As I've been talking, the Holy Spirit has been messing with you and tapping you on the shoulder. Can you guys just pray with me and pray this prayer? Say, Father, 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for me. I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Save me now. I am yours and you are mine. Jesus Christ is my king and I belong to him. In Jesus' name, let everybody say. Let everybody say. Come on, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or the hundredth time, if you meant it in your heart, you in church, can you do me a favor? Can we just celebrate every person who just made the greatest leap of hope that they're ever going to make by making Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior? Welcome to the family. Come on, you and open up your mouth and bless the name of